You're listening to El Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Hey, thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshi Den. I'm back in Los Angeles, and I, I'm very lucky today. I called my friend Mona, and Mona, how do, you, how do you pronounce your last name? I could never say it right. Shake, like shake and bake. Okay. Um, um, you're a very funny comedian living in Los Angeles, an interesting family background from Pakistan, so I have a lot of interest in that part of the world, going to Afghanistan, and I have questions about Pakistan and India, and, you know, I, I, I've had several conversation with you about that part of the world and I, I just find you smart, savvy and funny and insightful of that region so I hope you could educate me and my listeners. But before continuing I'd like to dedicate this episode to my friend Jessica Lamb and Sarah Jean who works for wonderful charity OneWomenAYear.org and they're trying to raise money to send women of Afghanistan to Oxford and I think they're trying to expand to um, Cambodia and perhaps India and places like that and Pakistan even so um, thank you Sarah Jing and Jessica Lam. so Mona I, I met you first during stand-up comedy and you're a very funny person and I um, I don't know what when did I start talking about Pakistan in that part maybe a year ago yeah yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> so what's you were born raised in uh, Pakistan and um, Karachi yeah okay yeah. What, what was it like growing up in Pakistan for you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This is oh. awesome. Well, thank uh, you for doing it. Yeah, this is fantastic. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Karachi, Pakistan. I moved to New York when I was 15. Um, yeah, I grew up in a pretty conservative household. It wasn't, you know, we weren't really necessarily encouraged as a woman to, uh, you know, be um, independent in the sense that, like, you know, you're, it was kind of expected to, like, just get educated and get married, and, sure. and that's that. And I'm, I'm the first woman in my entire family from my mom or dad's side to do whatever the hell I want or to even pursue the arts. So it's, it's been a pretty drastic change. I'm, you know, I'm kind of like a trailblazer, mm -hmm. um, a lonely trailblazer. Um, but were, you, were you always like that, uh, or did you become that after moving to the States? Uh, I've always, always liked that. I see. Um, I grew up with four older brothers. I'm the youngest and the only girl. And I think, I think what it did is um, it, I, I grew up with a lot of testosterone. And I think it, some of it got passed on to me. Um, and I couldn't understand the fact, like, growing up, um, this is just the negative, I guess this is the negative side of Pakistan. I, I, I was surrounded by women. Um, who I saw getting abused. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of women who are just treated like utter shit. And uh, I, I made a promise to myself that I would never be this woman. I would never be the one who was going to be suppressed. I was never going to be someone that somebody was going to tell me how, how sure. I was going to live my life. And uh, because I couldn't understand, like, how, how men were allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted. And just because I'm a woman, that's not something that I chose. This is something... That I was born, you know. It was, it was chosen for you. It was chosen yeah. for me, right? Uh, I mean, one of the one of the biggest stories, one of the things that I remember the most, like talk about being rebel rebelling. I was about eight or nine years old, and you know, Fridays are holy days for Muslims. And um, my mom would conduct prayers at home on Fridays. So 
the the boys were were supposed to stand in the front and pray, and me and my mom would always stand in the back, and I couldn't understand it. And I was just like, I don't understand. If the Quran says that you know all men are equal in his eyes, then why do I have to stand behind my brothers? And I said to my mom that I'm not gonna pray unless you put me stand, let, let me stand next to them. And my mom was like, no, it says in the Quran that the woman has to stand behind the man. And I was like, well, I'm not gonna stand behind them. And this is screwed up. So when my brothers went down to bow, I, I kicked them on their butt and they, they kind of fell over. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because I was so upset at the whole thing. Well, what's your dad's reaction to that? Um, my dad wasn't there. I think I probably would have gotten my ass kicked had my dad been there. Um, but um, was he like a traveling business person or something? My or? dad wasn't a traveling business person. My dad was a business guy. He he stayed. You know, I mean, he was always around. But uh, I think my dad, um, perhaps maybe subconsciously, ended up encouraging a lot of my rebelliousness. Like he he did let me do a lot of the things that other girls kind of weren't allowed to do. Like I was rocking out in jeans. Other girls weren't really allowed to wear jeans, you know, but I was also a pretty big tomboy growing up, so, you know. So, and what was the circumstance? Why, why did you have to move when you were 15th at States? I mean, um, it must have been a good news for you. Yeah. Right? I mean, our story is very interesting in the sense that um, two of my brothers, my second and my third brother, were given expired vaccination in, the, in Pakistan at the time when polio was an epidemic. And my two of my brothers ended up getting polio because they were given expired vaccination. And, um, you know, there was no treatment for them in Pakistan. And, can, can I pause you, pause you sure, for a second? Sure. Well, I, I just take that word polio for granted, but what, is it, uh, is, is it, what does it do to the body? Uh, polio basically, so, you know, it's like, I guess uh, in more crass terms, it, it makes you a cripple. And what it does, it, uh, the, the virus attacks the, the nervous system. Or? It attacks the nervous system, it attacks the muscles of your legs, and it shrinks them. So you're, you know, and it deforms them. So you can't regrow it. You can't go back to it. So once you have it, that's it. Once you have it, you have it. A lot of people ended up getting polio when polio was happening in America or around the world. It paralyzes you from your neck down. Fortunately, my... FDR had one. FDR had, exactly. So my, uh, two of my brothers got polio. um, And the guy who was given out this vaccination knew that this vaccination was expired. But he was giving it out anyway because there is such thing as corruption in Pakistan. And his own son ended up getting it. My cousin ended up getting it. So it was just, it was just a mess at the time. So your family did took precaution trying to get vaccination for them. That's correct. And, and they got it in spite of it. Oh, boy. So what do you, like, what do, you do, right? Yeah. And um, so my parents were you know, very young when they got married and when my brothers came down with polio. So... Um, I guess, you know, our relatives and family members weren't very nice or very supportive. Um, you know, a lot of people said to my mom and my dad, they, they should just give my brothers up um, because they were, quote unquote, useless. And my mom is an unbelievable woman. She is very strong and very powerful. And not because she's my mom. I think had I heard her story otherwise, I would think what a phenomenal lady she is. Because uh, my mom got married at the age of 17. She had me. I was a fifth kid at the age of 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, my brothers had polio before me on my, my brother, who's two years older than me. We came along. And my mom was, you know, barely she graduated from school and she was married off and, you know, had my brothers. So, you know, she had never stepped outside the house, you know, her parents' house or my dad's house for them, you know, her husband's sure. house. And my mom had this vision that, she was going to take her children abroad and she was going to get them treated and she was going to give them a life that she Pakistan could not yeah. offer. 
And she did. I mean, her sheer determination and will. You know, we, uh, Shriners Hospital, she wrote a letter to Shriners Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky, and they were kind enough to respond and say, you know, just pay for your ticket and come here and we'll, get, we'll treat your sons for free. I, 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 I don't know who they are, but their, their specialty is taking care of people with polio. Is that why your mom? They, they take care of, yeah, polio is one of the things, <clears throat> but they, they take care of pretty much children around the world for any kind of treatment that, you know, they can't afford or their local countries don't offer. Okay. They offer that. I mean, Shriners is, you know, I have, I have nothing but love for them. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's how we, so we started coming to America. But then um, during that time, you know, my mom would, my mom and my brother would always come and, you know, they would come here, get, my brothers would get treated, go through multiple surgeries, physical therapy, and then go back. So our family was kind of always split, um, mm. you know, between America and uh, Pakistan. But then um, what really kind of triggered for all of us to live here and come live here is because uh, my mom's first cousin uh, was a huge politician in Pakistan. He had become very big. And my mom had... You, 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 would you mind saying the name? Or you, you, yeah, sure. Oh. His name was uh, Khalid bin Walid Chishti, and he was, um, you know, he got assassinated not too long ago. Um, he was a young man. He, you know, they... When was, when was that? Uh, I think that was about four or five years ago um, that, he, you know, he was assassinated. And that, you know, at the time that he was up and coming politician in Pakistan, my mom was a big supporter, you know, hence sure. she was the first cousin. I mean, I, I, I grew up in his arms, you know, I mean, he was my, my uncle. And what ended up happening is we were getting a lot of death threats at home. Um, my mom would get death threats at home and my mom got really concerned. And, you know, we already had access to America. So my mom's like, all right, well, I'm just going to have my children just go and settle in America, and I'm, me and my husband are going to stay behind because my dad had a huge business in Pakistan, sure. um, a car business. So that's and, how and, we... And, and let's remind the uh, listeners, that part of the world, when ma people make death threats, they're really serious about it. Oh, that. no, no, it's, it's going like, to go down. It's not like over here, you know, somebody's picking on Miley Cyrus and somebody say, oh, I'm a fan, and I'm, go I'm not going to let you talk to her like that. It's that's not, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there it's pretty hardcore. You know, it's not... Um, you know, because you can't even really go to authorities because authorities are paid off, you know, and they're not, they're not going to do anything unless you pay them, pay them off. So everything is bribery and there's a great deal of corruption. So my mom was really concerned and, you know, and I have, I give great, you know, hats off to my mom for treating me as equal to my brothers. You know, she didn't say, oh, she's a girl, she stays behind. And same to my, for my dad. My, both my parents were like, well, the girl gets the same treatment as the boys, you know. And what, they, what, what did, so that, that is unusual, right, for Pakistan? That is very unusual. I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. And your dad's pretty progressive, too, for a Pakistani person. For a Pakistani person, my dad was pretty progressive. I uh, you know, my dad, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. They had their own conservative, you know, mentality where it was like, well, she's going to go to Pakistan. Um, she's going to go to America. She's going to get educated, and then she's going to marry the person we choose for her. Mm -hmm. You understand? Like, yeah. there's, there's still that conservative element to it. Sure. It's like, okay, we, we let you go to America. You do, you know, get educated, but then you're going to do what we, ask, we tell you to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think what they didn't quite thought out or process, uh, or maybe they didn't understand me that well, that w once I got here, I, you know, I mean, I have freedom at my fingertips. Now, did you go through a shock? Because, you know, first 15 years of life, you live in an extremely conservative country. Yeah. And you come here, it's 180 degrees, right? So, yes, 100%. So what was, what was your adjustment period like? Uh, was it like euphoria and at the same time fear? or? What? 
you it know, wasn't easy, was it? No, it was terrible, actually. I mean, I, I moved at the age of 15, and that's a pretty tender age because I had... Well, every 15-year-old when you're a teenager, you're already going through a hard time. Hard time, sure. exactly. I mean, that's like such a tender yeah. age. But you know what it is? It's different. You know, when I went to high school in Pakistan up till the age of 15, I had an awesome time. Like, I was... Did you really? I had an awesome time in Pakistan going to school. Are boys and girls separated too? No, we went to a co-ed... I went to a co-ed school. Oh, so they do have those. Yeah, yeah, we had co-ed school. I went to a co-ed school, and it's interesting because the principal uh, was, um, you know, he was a Canadian. He was a Canadian citizen. Who oh, is this like Pakistani an international descent. school? or It was not... I, wouldn't, I don't know if it was an international mm-hmm. school, but he was a Pakistani guy who, who lived in Canada for oh, many okay. years and then went back to Pakistan and then opened up this private school um, because you know, there's, it, there's no real regulation per se in Pakistan. So mm-hmm. if you have money, you can go and open up a school in Pakistan and be I like, see. I'm an American. I know I can teach you stuff, even though you don't know what the hell you're talking sure. about. Um, so there's a lot of that in Pakistan and uh, you do see a lot of that. But, and that's what this guy did. But it was a good school, I'm not going to lie. And uh, I had an awesome time. But when I moved here, you know, just like any immigrant family, we were very poor. You know, my, you know, my parents lived in Pakistan. My four brothers were already here. And they were kids too. You know, they were upcoming and they were just trying to figure life out just like I was. Right. And when I came here, it was, you know, we uh, lived in Jersey City. We lived in a very ghetto neighborhood. That's tough even for native people. I mean, come <laughs> on, right? I yeah. mean, that's tough, right? We grew up next to the projects. We were very poor. We lived in a basement apartment. It was a one bedroom. My brother slept in in the one bedroom and sure. I slept in the living room and uh, it was it was really hard. I mean, I remember going to high school and just absolutely hating high school here because there's one thing that I saw here that we did not have in Pakistan, which was uh, bullies. You don't have bullies in Pakistan. You if don't? You, no, you do not have bullies in school. No, it is, it is a frowned upon behavior and if you, do bully, if you do bully a kid or if you are that, the teachers and the parents will gang up on you and beat the crap out of you. Like that's, it's, it's a no-no. Interesting. It is, it's a no-no. So that was a new concept to me when I came here and I was just like, what is this? Like p- kids just come and pick on you. Not only kids pick on other kids, they pick on teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I went to school in Pakistan, you know, you, you don't regard, you don't call your teacher out by their name. You don't say Mr. So-and-so. You say sir and madam. Yes. You know, that's what you say. Because, you know, we, for the listeners who, who don't know, but there's, um, you know, Pakistan and India were heavily influenced by the British because we were ruled by the British. So sir and madam is very much part of the culture, and that's how you refer to your teachers. You don't call them by their names. I mean, it's considered extreme disrespect. So when I came here and I was like, wow, I have to call you Mr. What? Like, isn't that disrespectful? Shouldn't I just call you sir? You know, that took me a long time to get used to, too. And, like, um, I, I still say somebody who is my friend's parents, Mr. and Mrs. something, but... You know, I'm at the age where they say, like, no, just call me Jerry or whatever. But it's still weird for me. Yes. After all these years of being here. I bet. Um, so, so did you already speak English in Pakistan? Yeah. Okay. We went to, we went to, we went to um, you know, we went to English-speaking schools. I mean, I learned English and Urdu at the same time. I see. Yeah. Urdu is the national language of Pakistan. And, and, and Urdu have similar to Farsi? Uh, uh, Urdu is made up of Farsi. I see. Okay. Urdu is very similar to Hindi. Because you know? when I was in Afghanistan, they speak Dari, and Dari is like... Uh, um, Dari is very different than Urdu. Oh, is, is, that, is that right? Yeah, I don't understand Dari at all. But uh, people who speak Dari, they, they told me if they listen carefully, they could understand Farsi, which is strange to me. Interesting. Uh, so it probably has, Farsi probably has roots in Dari. 
because you know Iran and Afghanistan right next to each other. Sure, so, sure. So Yori spoke the language, but a bit you, um, I'm such a cultural difference. So when when I was seventh or eighth grade, I, I still I was shocked. I went to different junior high school from Catholic school. And I saw a, a boy and a girl kissing in the hallway, and I never saw anything like that because you know I was still young, and I went sure. to Catholic school. So there must have been things that you saw in school. Yeah, was shocking to you, right? I mean, I cannot tell you like when I moved here, right? Um, the number one thing that like shocked the hell out of me was that there used to be this uh, girl in my in my um, in my world history class, and she uh, world history. Yeah, she was in my world history class. And, um, you know, there were literally a handful. It was an inner city school. It was a very tough, it was a tough school. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember it was like my uh, first month. I was a junior. I started as a junior. And uh, she started picking on me. You know, I was like the only, I was the only Indian Pakistani kid in the class. And Did they even know what you were? Uh, they knew what I was. Okay. You know, they, because everybody got put under the ban of Indian. I see. Like you're Indian. And I, you know, and she started picking on me and I, She's, she's white? Huh? Is she a white person? No, she was black. So okay. it's mostly blacks and Latinos. She was a black girl and she started picking on me. She's like, oh, she's like, you a virgin. Right? Mm. And I was like, you're supposed to be a virgin, you yeah. whore. You're 15. Like, yeah. what else are you supposed to be at that age? And I, and I couldn't understand it. I was just like, you're not supposed to be a virgin here? Like, you're supposed to be a virgin, right? Like, I come from a culture where you're supposed to be a virgin till the day you get married. Sure. Like, that's the pristine thing. And I couldn't understand. And I was like, wow, really? So, you know, you, I, I saw pregnant girls around in school, and I, I couldn't understand it. Wait a minute. Even not when I went to high school, I didn't think I ever saw anyone pregnant. That's I saw pregnant girls, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was shocking. I mean, it was shocking. I, I remember... <laughs> I remember going for my shots and my oldest brother, Zia, came uh, with me. And I remember, you know, they ask you a series of questions like, Have, are you allergic to something, blah, blah, blah. Sure. And then she asked me, she's like, are you pregnant? And I was 15. Is that right? They asked that? Yeah. And I turned to my brother and my brother was like red from anger. Like, yeah. how dare you ask my sister that? She's a baby. Like, she's 15. Yeah. You know, but that's the cultural contrast, right? Because... For here, it's like that's a very normal question. For an inner city school, that's a very normal question because girls are getting pregnant. Yeah. You know, but for us, it was like, whoa, what? Yeah, I went to Afghanistan, and I don't. It's it's there's, it's not same thing with Pakistan, but I mean, it just it's so conservative. You yeah. know, it's just like you, you just assume that you just don't do that kind of stuff. That's period. correct. That's correct. And you know, and the interesting thing is, you know, you talk about how. America, you know, in America, Americans, we have our stereotypes for ethnicities and certain cultures. Sure. And, you know, when I, I remember the first uh, day when my, um, before, you know, this is for my admissions in the high school, my oldest brother took me because he was my legal guardian. And uh, I was sitting across from my school principal who ended up, who ended up really loving me and I love him, Mr. Terrence Matthews, who was a wonderful man. Uh, I was sitting across from him for my admissions. And my brother said, you know, this is my sister, and she just moved here from Pakistan, and, you know, and he looked at my brother, and he's like, does she speak English? And I turned, to look, I, I turned to him, and I was like, well, what would you like me to say? And he was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, who, he couldn't believe that I spoke with an American accent, I spoke fluent English. Sure. Because that's not, that's not something that people think about. Like, not everybody's the same. You know, mm-hmm. you come from different socioeconomic statuses, and, you know, we were fortunate enough to go to private schools and learn English at the same time. Right. So 
it's um it's different yeah so you finished high school and uh, is it safe to assume you went to college and uh, no no it's not safe to assume don't assume that oh oh no god no i went to college briefly but no. okay but you did go for uh and it, it didn't work for like a year year and a half okay yeah i'm a, I'm a total college dropout i'm not a, not a fan so did you were you already thinking about going to show business and, yes. and comedy okay when i was eight I wanted to do it, but I couldn't because that's like frowned upon, you know. And um, I, I had to, I had to go to war with my family to go ahead and be independent and pursue that, you know. I, um, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't know, if it's, it's not such a flattering story, but um, I. Um, well, wait, wait, where did that come from? This, you know, I don't think your mother and father in the entertainment business. Where did they come from at that in young age? Because. Girls in this country, they watch enough entertainment when they're young, but did you have access to shows like that when you were a kid? You know what I had access to? I had access to Bollywood. Ah. Uh, you know, I had access to Bollywood, and there's... For those, oh, sorry, yeah, so for the listeners, Bollywood's a film made in this uh, India. Yeah, and the biggest film industry in the world. Yes. Um, it, it just, it dwarfs Hollywood, and um, even though there's a tension between Pakistan and India, it's interesting... Even India, they will have like Pakistanis superstar. Yes. And in people in Pakistan watch Bollywood movies made in India. So it's an interesting dynamic. That's like correct. Whatever that discomfort they have with each other, when there's the stars, they will overlook that and love the show. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you know, uh, the level of value that film stars carry in Bollywood, it's like, it's equivalent of gods. Sure. You know, they're like gods there. It's, uh, and when it comes to Bollywood, Indian Pakistan puts its, you know, differences aside. That's one thing that kind of brings them together. And, you know, and, and, and to be fair, India is a much bigger country. They have, you know, much more diversity than Pakistan does. You know, Pakistan is a Muslim country. It's more conservative. Mm -hmm. I mean, hence the name, Islamic Republic of Pakistan. I mean, could they put it out there sure. anymore? India, not so much. India is, you know, such a blend of cultures and religions. Um, so, you know, they're, they're able to do more and they have more tolerance and they're more you know, uh, ability to uh, have a bigger film industry. So you're watching Bollywood and you love the musicals and the acting. I'm and, watching music. Yeah. I'm watching films. And one day I started watching this film. Uh, it was called Tezab. Tezab means uh, acid. That's what that means. And uh, there's an actress uh, who still is a huge star, probably the biggest female star of all time. What, in what's her name? Her name is Madhuri Dixit. Okay. Uh, I know the last name is... Um, a little weird uh, but she's she's amazing she's mm -hmm. a phenomenal dancer beautiful woman great actress what is she I, like a Meryl Street of uh, Bollywood you can say she's a Meryl Street yeah. of Bollywood okay. absolutely I mean and I remember watching her I was eight years old and I said to myself that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life like I'm going to be an entertainer good for you yeah mm -hmm. I was thank you yeah I said I, I'm going to be an entertainer and it's not something like my parents didn't teach me this they weren't like go be an actor Go be yeah. a performer. Go be a comic. You know, as a matter of fact, it was quite the opposite. My my dot my dad wanted all five of us to become doctors. You know, um, I don't know what kind of medication my dad was on, but we were not <laughs> going to become doctors. That was not in the you know none of us became doctors because that's not what we were interested in. Um, yeah, so I, I I wanted to pursue it, and you know you can't like in Pakistan. That's not something. I mean, my my mom sent me to singing classes in Pakistan, but that's like not really the same. But that was just for fun, you right. know. Like, that's when your parents kind of embarrass you. Be like, 
come we have guest over why don't you do a song and it's like i don't want to do a song <laughs> like you know it's more for their entertainment purposes more than anything but then when i moved here it was a different ball game you know i came to america and i was just like i'm in the land of opportunity sure and i better step on it and you know so, did, so when you after college you went straight to los angeles is that what happened no when i was in college uh, i was uh, in jersey city right and then when i turned 18 um i moved to new york city you know and uh because i knew new york was where arts was where that's what the theater was sure. what, you know you could take acting classes and yeah i mean uh, i i remember the day when i um first of all i was going to college and i realized that i'm wasting my time and my money because i wanted to do none of it right so i uh, my brothers who were my guardians i one night i broke it to them and i said listen i don't really want to go to college i have no desire to go to college what i do want to do is be an actor like and i want to pursue the arts and you know write and do all kinds of stuff and my my brother's response was you're going to do either one or two things either you're going to go to college and become a physical therapist or we're going to send you back to pakistan and mom is going to marry you off so you take your pick um wait so what 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 why 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 that reaction i don't because that had been the plan all along huh so it doesn't really matter even if you got even if you get if you, even if you become a doctor they're going to marry you off anyway right right but they didn't know me that well mm-hmm. you know i had other plans so i was like okay well then it just um at that point it just became um something that i had to rescue myself because nobody else was going to rescue right. me and you know and this is like a common story that i always hear yeah sure um, but yeah. The, you know you do hear a lot of stories that are not successful you know i i personally do know pakistani girls who are born and raised here like i wasn't even born here you know what i'm saying born and raised here and their parents like marry them off yeah. into horrible marriages and they have to stay there you know um i really consider myself lucky i really do i'm very fortunate you know i when i i was like 17 and a half and my my mom somehow got in her head that uh, there was a marriage proposal for me uh to marry this doctor in boston okay and uh, i remember coming from school one day and my mom sitting me down she's like you're going to take an oath on the quran today and i'm like why why i'm not taking any oaths like why and she's like you promised me you're going to do this i'm like i'm not doing shit like what <laughs> <laughs> you know wait did you say it like that yeah i'm like i'm not doing anything like yeah. i'm not i'm not taking freaking oaths like what the hell and she's like i have found a really good doctor for you i'm like doctor he must be old it's like yes he's 40 years old but that's okay he will pay for your education he will take care of you wait wait so you're like barely 17 right i'm like 17 and a half i had that 22 year difference that's correct but you know mm-hmm. if the, if parents whore you out it's okay because it's quote unquote legally done you know she's married off into well you know she's married off to a well off guy is that the same thing that happened to your mom too like she was married off to you my mom was married off sure uh. Yeah, my mom was married off. She was my mom was 17 years old. Sure. Does she have a very successful marriage? No. 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 I mean, it was a, you know, it was a my my parents were uh my my dad passed away, but my mom was they're, there they're huge, very ambitious. Was there a huge age gap? No, 5 year age gap. Oh, okay. Not that much. Not that much. But uh, you know, my parents are two very concert two very ambitious people. Mm-hmm. One running east, one running west. 
you know? Yeah. That's like the best way I could describe it. I think if my parents met in today's dating world, that date won't last about 30 minutes, if that, you know, because they're such different people. Right. They're two awesome people, but two very different people, you know? Um, and you know what? I, honestly, like in all fairness, this is, I know to the viewers, it's going to sound like, oh my God, what a horrible mother, what a horrible dad. Like, how could you do that to your kid? When you, as a, it's human nature, when you are not, you don't know the unknown, your first gut fear reaction is, oh my God, let me, let me just take care of my girl. Like, let me like put her in good hands. Like in her mind, if she marries me off to this guy, he's going to take care of me. Right. In her mind. Sure. And that's what it is because she doesn't want me to go out and, you know, get knocked up by some douchebag or she doesn't want me to get into drugs. Like right. I understand that's a first gut fear reaction and she doesn't even live here. So she's even more concerned. I'm her only girl. That's even more of a concern, you know. So that's just fairness to my mom. And my dad, like that's, it's, you know, it's nothing against them. In, intention's good. Intention but, is good. But it's not really practical, especially if you live here. That's correct. That's correct. Because it's not thought out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't thought, think it, think it through that if we're going to put our children in a free society, they're going to have free thoughts. They're going to be their own people. And we have to be able to embrace that and love them and support them for that. You know, because they themselves did not come from that. So I totally understand. Where, where, where you stand now? Are they, are they, are they at peace now? Because oh my God, yeah. My mom is my biggest supporter. My mom is my biggest fan. You know, she, is, she speaks with nothing but pride when she speaks of what I do and the things I do. And, you know, we talk what, very what, openly about our past. What, and what about your brothers? Are they supportive now? Yeah, my brothers are very supportive. You know, my, they have their own, you know, uh, issues. issues about it, you know, because uh, one of my brothers is uh, much more conservative than other ones. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. And, you know, uh, I, I mean, listen, our family is like the United Colors of Benetton. You know, all my brothers married non-Muslim, not pakistanis Okay. All of them, like, except one of them is single. Are they surprised but, uh, that they did that? No, okay. I tell you why they're not surprised. Because when we were kids, you know, because my mom already had exposure to coming to America, we used to sit around the dinner table, you know, right? And my mom used to go like this. I'm, I'm not kidding. She would look at my oldest brother and be like, you are going to marry a girl from Sweden. You, and then she'll go to my brother, like down the line, you are going to marry somebody British. You're going to marry Australian. You're going to marry this. And then will come to me and be like, what about me, mom? You're going to marry a Pakistani. That's what's going to happen. I'm like, oh, nice. Thanks a lot, you know? But, um, but yeah, when I, was, uh, I, when I was 17 and a half, my mom had this proposal. And I, I said to my mom, I was like, you know, if you like him so much, you should marry him. <laughs> 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 you know, um, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit of a pain in the ass. You know, I wasn't really, con- I wasn't conforming to the norms of right. what was expected of me. I was going to, I've always, uh, I've always followed, you know, the, my own path. And I've always had my own thing. Um, and I don't think that's shocking coming from two, you know, being a product of two people who are very different, di- very different and very ambitious and visionaries. You know, like my mom coming out to America, like that's pretty amazing. Like she's changed the course of all the generations to come. I mean, when, when would we ever have the opportunity to come? And America? I think this kind of like uh, free spirit, and independent thinking really serve you because in addition to being actress and comedian, you started this new blog, and, 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 and uh, what's the blog website? Yeah, oh, th- yeah, my website, uh, Iran, it's a comedic website. It's called MuslimsDoItBetter.com. It's all one word. Mm-hmm. Um, and we basically um, are, 
we make fun of all the crazy shit that goes down in the Muslim world. Sure. Um, because most people are scared to talk about it. Um, we are not. We want to talk about it because <clears throat> I think um, I think we are. You know, thank, thank, thanks to social media and thanks to computers and thanks to the internet, you know, the world is so much more connected and we can talk about things um, that you couldn't talk about before, you know. And I'm sure uh, not only the Pakistani Americans and Pakistani people in Pakistan probably have these thoughts, but they're afraid to talk about it. That's correct. And you give a platform where people are allowed to read and discuss and, and can communicate with others, right? That's and, correct. And, and I think you, you, you are helping people with this. Um, Thank you. Having said that, I, I think you were telling me some of your relatives and cousins are very disappointed and angry with you. Yeah. Well, wh I, why, why are they so angry about... Uh, I mean, because you don't conform to what they think a quote-unquote good girl should be. You know, my website is pretty in your face i honestly don't think there well, is an american standard it's 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 not scandalous it's but, not but in pakistan it's very risky isn't that's it? correct yeah. that's correct when i go to pakistan i'm super liberal when i come to america i'm conservative i mean it's really because how you know what the societal perspective sure. is you know and how how liberal each nation is i mean we're a pretty conservative nation in america but um you know for pakistani standards i'm pretty damn liberal uh and and it's you know, it's also because of the kind of shit that I went through with my family. You know, mm -hmm. I went to war with my family for eight years and we were on pretty crappy terms with each other because they could, we couldn't see eye to eye. They couldn't understand why I was doing what I was doing. And, yeah. you know, and I couldn't understand why they were doing what they were doing. Um, but now we're able to kind of sit down and talk about it. And, you know, and it, it was all fear. You know what? I mean, if you, if you look at all the stuff that is happening in the Muslim world now, right? Like you hear all these horror stories about. First of all, Muslim Muslim world has uh, terrible PR. We need to hire Jews to fix that for us. <laughs> so that's number one. Okay, um, but you know the, the 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 image of the Muslim world, especially in the U.S., is that you know the men are you know assholes. They they treat the women like shit. Uh, you know, women have no rights. You know, women are always pregnant, and you know, women are not allowed to be educated. They have to be covered up. Yes, a lot of that is true, you know, but then there's a lot of it that is not true, okay? I have four older brothers, and they treat their, their wives like queens, okay? And they're wonderful to their wives, and they're great to their children. And, you know, I mean, what do you say to that? Like, you, you can turn around and be like, not all of them are like that. Now, some people will come out and say, well, yeah, they were raised here. You're right. You know, that did have a lot of influence. But then there are guys here that I have seen who are raised here and they still continue to treat their women like shit. And, you know, there are men in Pakistan who treat their women like queen also, but you don't really hear about them much. Because well, I mean, good, good stories never... Of people course wanna, not. People want to hear bad things. That's uh, correct. That's correct. I, you know, people need to be fair because Pakistan's have, what, 180, 200 million people. It's That's a very correct. large country. That's so correct. And, you know, they're all mm. under... You know, most of the Pakistani population is like under 40. I mean, it's very a young, young... It's, it's a very young, young country. Sure. It's the same thing in Pakistan. It's a, it's a booming, it's a booming mm. nation, you know? And the problem is that you have all these, you know, people, young people coming up, that they, but there's no real outlet for them. There's no sure. proper education for them. And it's crazy because, you know, ignorance is breeding more ignorance. And it's sad. And I think, uh, I think what we are trying to do with Muslims Do It Better is, you know, offer a platform and offer a level of um, openness through comedy 
for people to come out and and you know and and be more open and you know just be able to laugh at themselves. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest problems in the Muslim world. People are not able to laugh at themselves. And and and, and there's a a lot of funny. People who are Pakistanis and Indian, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Bangladesh used to be part of Pakistan until the early correct. 70s, and they That's split correct. off, just like Pakistan split from India. That's correct. And it's great. I'm, I'm all for allowing um, people like yourself, like having humors, critical yet fair to yeah. Pakistan, and just like our good friend Russell Peters talked about that region in India. And yes. It, it, Non-Muslim people should see that side of it, you guys too, you know. And um, I mean, Russell is great at you know how he how he is connect with everyone with he, each other. Yes, yeah, he's and wonderful at that. Uh, yeah. One of the things that he does recently, like that makes me laugh, is is basically during the show, ask, "Is there any Pakistani people here?" And he they say, "There's cheers." Yeah. He said, uh, "I just want to let you know that you guys are Indian." They go, "Ooh," and I, you know, he he, he goes a little That's bit of correct. explanation like why they are Indians and things like that. And That's he correct. does a very funny, humorous way, yes. you know. And for me, as somebody who's not Muslim in the front of part of the world, I think it's really important that um, we we should know more about Central Asia because Pakistan is a very powerful country. It's yeah. one, one. It's the only Muslim country with nukes that publicly announced that they do have nuke. That's correct. It's a very large country. Um, and you know why that was done? That was just, that was done in retaliation because India had nuclear. So we had to say that we, you know, we, we, we can't feed our people. We don't have a proper, you know, government mm. system that, you know, has, offers, a, has a good infrastructure, but we have nuclear bombs because, you know, we have our priorities. Sure. Right? And it's very important to us to we pay attention because Pakistan have a huge influence in Afghanistan, and mm -hmm. I've read, and I don't know if, if it's true, but this is what I've been told and read, that Pakistan had a lot to do with creation of Taliban. Yeah. And uh, the friction between Pakistan and India, India have a problem with China, Chinese are support of Pakistan. Yes. It's just so complicated, you know, trying to figure out who's That's who. That's correct. Well, we have a huge Chinese population in Pakistan, mm -hmm. huge. You know, we have a saying in Pakistan because uh, Chinese food is the most desirable food in Pakistan, believe it or not. And uh, we have a saying in Pakistan that uh, uh, the Chinese come to Pakistan on bicycles and leave in Mercedes Benzes uh, because they make so much money. Sure. You know, they're millionaires. Uh, they do extremely well because we love Chinese food, you know. And I'm sure, you know, we, we, we use drones and I'm sure this is like a really bad news in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. and, and PR nightmare for the government because yeah. I can't imagine we have drones come into our country and kill Whoever's using their drone to kill their enemies in the state, so it's That's it's a correct. sensitive issue. That's correct. And um, I, I just want. I'm like, not a fan of drones. I mean, either yeah. Pakistan or Yemen, for that matter. Sure. You know. So I I, I think I, I so what what do you what do you think? I know the biggest force uh, influential institution in Pakistan is their army, Pakistani army. I mean, mm -hmm. they have a lot of respect and they have a huge influence. Yes. So, um, what's, what's, I'm always saying his name wrong, Emir Khan, or he used to be a cricket superstar, he ran for president, prime minister of Pakistan. Imran Khan. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, I've seen clips, he was an incredible cricket player, he's yeah. a national hero, yeah. very good looking. Yeah. But interesting, he was a playboy in 70s and 80s, right? That's when correct. He, yeah. That's um, correct. And he married a Jewish girl. Oh, that I didn't know. Jemima Khan. Uh, who they're divorced now. But, you know, Jemima was very close to Diana, Princess Di. 
Um, and Jemima is, you know, Jemima comes from a very well-off family. She's English. Very good-looking woman. Very beautiful woman mm-hmm. uh, of Jewish descent. And, you know, she moved to Pakistan and they ended up having two sons, I believe. And, uh, yeah, and then they got divorced and then she moved back to England. But, uh, you know, that, that here, here's another uh, kind of a... Um, mentality just to talk talk about which I talk about in my comedy bit a lot you know uh, South Asia has a big uh, skin bleaching culture because we believe that the white skin is beautiful sure you know um, you know, I, I myself grew up with a lot of stigma because I was a total tomboy and, you know, I grew up in Karachi, which is our summers like over 100 degrees and I'd be out in the sun playing and I'd get very, very dark. I, sure. I'd go, f- you know, from Pakistani to Jamaican in about an hour. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I switch ethnicities. Uh, and it, it was a big stigma and my mom would bleach my skin because you know my mom I mean, how, how would that sh- how she do that I mean what, what does she use you you use skin bleaching you bleach your skin I mean it's awful it gives you skin cancer eventually you know and it's it's bizarre so coming back to Imran Khan you know it was a big thing that Imran Khan went and married a white girl like whoa it's a white and it's okay by the way it's okay that he can go and, mar- and marry a non-muslim white girl you know, but for, if a for, woman for, was to for, do the same thing for for average person, if they did that, it's it's not good, right? Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. look, you know, I mean, people talk about like, oh, oh, she's not Muslim. Oh, but the children are going to be Muslim, so that's fine. Okay, it's cool, you know, because because the white skin is, you know, superior supposedly. I was watching this commercial in India. Basically, a father and um, daughter were going to store, and they went to the wrong place. It was. Um, Sounds like it was one of those um, casting plays, oh, and they boy. find out they're looking for models. And um, she, she, even though they they, went, they didn't go there on purpose, basically she she was curious, like, oh, maybe I should try. And they started laughing at her because she has a dark skin. Wow! So they went to the store and get this product, way where fair and lovely, something where it made her skin beautiful. So next day when she went back, she became a like a supermodel and Jesus. and then she ended up marrying this really good looking rich wealthy Indian guy but like I, I, it was so blatant and you couldn't possibly get away with that in this country of course not telling uh, dark skinned Latina or black girls to do that but yeah I, I, don't, I don't know where, where that yeah. comes from well but, it comes uh, from the British because we were ruled by the oh, British right. you know mm-hmm. and when we were ruled by the British you know they would they would have uh, uh, the British did a really good job on our self esteem when they left us um, and we are kind of left, you know, we're still chasing our tail uh, in India and Pakistan True. about uh, that our skin is somehow inferior, you know. Uh, but if you actually look at it from a science perspective, our skin is actually better than them in the sense that, you know, we age better. <laughs> Nothing against uh, British white people. But I'm saying if you look at it, you know, logically, um, you know, we, we can go out and be in the sun and not look like a dry prune. I mean, yeah. we'll do just fine. Uh, but you know, it was it was the mentality of you know if you because they were the they, the servants that were the Indian servants that the British had under under their rule were called coolies you know and they'd be out in the sun and they'd get dark and it was just like oh if you're dark you're inferior you know and which is which is strange because the white Americans uh, with the darker tan mm-hmm. usually means they have enough money to go to vacation like. That's beaches correct. in Mexico, whatever. That is correct. It's the op- People it's are going weird. to tanning salons yeah. here. They want to look like us and we want to look like them. Right. I mean, nobody's happy. Nobody's happy with who they are. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. But I think in India and Pakistan, it, it, it is a huge insecurity that uh, definitely has been left behind uh, by the British. So thank you, British people. Thank you for that. So w- 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 going back to a little bit of geopolitics, and I have a couple more questions before we finish. <laughs> 
So, uh, I think some other viewers are going to be <laughs> my guess. Yeah, we, upset we went from we go, comment, we went from skin to nukes, but so wh where do we stand? Like, what do you think? It, it, it's it's just are we in the, the worst phase of relationship with Pakistan? Do you think it's getting better or worse? Or I mean, what does your friends and family members from Pakistan say? I mean, I what's mean, the general feel? I mean, do most average Pakistan if if there's such things, average Pakistani person, do they like America? Do they hate it? Uh, what do you think? You know, they. Um, I uh, I think that um, Pakistan is in a very um, it's in a very bad place right now. It's in mm -hmm. a very critical place. Um, you know, I was telling you about my cousin, my uncle who got assassinated a few years back. Uh, one of my other uncles and my cousin uh, were recently assassinated not too long ago. Wait, so they were also I don't in politics. Make light about, about sure. How many assassinations in your sure. family? Huh? I've had three assassinations in my family thus far. I mean, I think 98, 99% of the population in the world don't have, don't have that in their family assassination. No, they don't. Venezuela, oh, Bhutto. Bhutto was assassinated too. And, and, and I believe her father was executed. That's correct, by Zal Haq. By the general, general yeah. Mm -hmm. And he died in a mysterious circumstance, air, airplane crash. Which was blamed on Benazir Bhutto because Benazir came in power after Zal Haq died. But the general was put in place by the very person he executed later on, right? That is correct. Man, it just, I'm, I'm trying to read as much as I can. It's really hard for him to follow. So. I mean, it's really hard because the Constitution has been changing since its inception. You know, and uh, let me tell you, just, just a little history on Pakistan is that yeah, the founder of Pakistan, uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah, uh, you know, he was a very liberal guy. He was not conservative by any means. He was, you know, he... he you know, he was Muslim, but he was he was a drinker. He, you know, he liked to have a good time. And when Pakistan was formed, his biggest fear was that he did not want the religious mullahs to take over. That was his biggest fear, and his biggest fear has come true. You know what I'm saying? And which is why you see how Pakistan is gradually, it's been tumultuous. It's constantly tumultuous. You know, you have somebody like Imran Khan, who did start, you know, he has good intentions. Like, he was trying to get the rally the youth behind him to go and take over, you know, and, and form a new Pakistan and take it into a new direction. But he lost his election this year. But he year. lost the elections, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, because there, there's also a lot of corruption. And now we have uh, Nawaz Sharif, who's in power. He was in power before, right? As a he was minister. in power okay. before. He's a corrupt businessman, you know, and... Uh, He's back in power, and you know it's not. It's not. Go, it's it's kind of like it's stuck in a gridlock. You know, Pakistan is kind of struck in. But it, it's interesting because I was recently reading that. Um, I think Pew Research uh, found out that um, the um, the conservative, the conservative mentality, and this this dislike for America lies in the poorest of the poorest and the most conservative. The middle class wants freedom. Middle class is supportive of the U.S. And, and, and I bet they probably want to go to America or send their sons to. Absolutely, yeah. they do. Absolutely, mm -hmm. they do. And you know, people. And now more than ever before, you know, th that you go, that I go to Pakistan. It's like now you're here. It's like, oh yeah, my son's in Ireland. My son's in Australia. My son's in Sweden. Oh, my kids in in USA. It's more and more because people who want to live in peace and who want prosperity, they can't really survive in Pakistan. And and you know, working for Russell Peters. You know, biggest touring comic in the whole world. Yep. I meet a lot of Pakistani people. They're wonderful people. Yep. And um, last time I worked for them in Sacramento, there was three Pakistani sisters, and they were just beautiful girls. Yeah. But when I talk to them, they're very, um, very sweet, very naive. But um, their father's grip on them is very strong. That is like, correct. 
you know, Russell liked women and stuff like that. Even he said, like, those girls, he sold them right away. Like, yeah, you're not, you're not going to get to do anything with them. Nothing. That's, nothing, nothing is happening. Um, nothing is happening. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, it, it's a lot of that. But, uh, you know, my objective was precisely that, that I was going to have sexual freedom. I was going to live my life any which way I saw it. And, um, you know, I'm, and I'm very fortunate that I've been able to manage to get myself in that position. I want to talk more about the website, but first, a couple, like, um, no. so as American, I'm, I'm conflicted because we give billions of dollars to Pakistani, primarily them, their military, right? Sure. And well, to do, the government. Huh? To the government. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And the army is very respected, very prestigious. But there's times I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled because they don't want to fight the Taliban in Pakistan either. No. And um, there's a border between Pakistan and, and Afghanistan. It's a very strange area because mm-hmm. I, could, I guess if you're telling me, you could go back and forth between the two places. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we su- support the government yet, uh, I could never say the town, but Bin Laden was hiding in that, um, um, what, in, which town? In Abdabad. Right, and of course, their version, West Point, was literally within half a mile from Bin Laden and stuff. So, yeah. So there's a lot of mistrust going both ways. Of course, of course. Well, the, well, what did you think about that personally when you heard about Bin Laden? Were you surprised he was in Pakistan? I was not surprised. You're not surprised. I was not surprised. I'll tell you why. Growing up, um, you know, and my father was, you know, my my father, you know, loved the, you know, loved, uh, you know, a a liberal mentality and, you know, a forward-thinking person. But the one thing my father said growing up, and, you know, this is something that he observed, uh, was that the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, was always going to come out and, you know, that has been always our foreign policy, that we only do things that serve us in foreign nations, okay? And, uh, And that we buy the smartest and the, you know, the smartest brains in the world. Like, that's, you know, I mean, and that is very true. And... The thing about you know Islam, the thing about Pakistan is, and how the government's been operating is, we have a um, you know we have our secret service called the ISI. Okay, so the ISI um, inter-service is very intelligence powerful. or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, okay. they're very powerful, mm-hmm. extremely powerful. And um, the thing are, are they, they par with the army or uh, are they above army? Uh, they are. <laughs> Oh, do they work con- uh, like a side-to-side? They side work to in side? cahoots with okay. the army. You know, the thing is that uh, they have been playing both sides of the coin, mm-hmm. okay? When, when the Americans show up, we say, they say, yes, we're with you and we want to fight the Taliban, but then they go to the Taliban and say, you're a Muslim brother and we're going to support you. So they've been kind of milking the money and then supporting the terrorism also, which is why there has been so much mistrust. But on the other hand, the U.S. has been going there and the only reason... We, you know, America is even pouring that kind of money in Pakistan is because they wanted Bin Laden. Sure. Right? There's no other reason for America to go and put in that kind of money in Pakistan besides what they want. And let's be fair, Taliban, in effect, if I remember right, we did support Mujahideen and all these groups. Absolutely. In Afghanistan, I mean, we were supporting Bin Laden before we went against him. Because we... We were fighting the Soviets and they were in Afghanistan and uh, we, we went through Pakistan. In fact, when Nixon met with Chairman Mao, uh, Kissinger went to Pakistan, and Pakistan actually helped us communicate with the Chinese, and this is early 70s, so I don't want to present like Pakistan's always been like bad. No, laws. Pakistan has been pretty wonderful. Wonderful allies as well, mm-hmm. so, you know, and, 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 and Taliban's were fighting that Soviet too, so, boy, this is, 
anyone who knows listening to my podcast, I love The Wire, but there's so many Pakistan and in, in, in India and Afghanistan, there's so many characters. It's like the wire on steroids. You know, there's there's <laughs> yeah. so many characters who were one time our friends, then yes. become enemies, and sometimes they even come back to being a friend again. That's you know, correct. and that's correct. I, it, it really I, it really mm-hmm. depends on who's in power. Mm-hmm. Who's in power at the time? You know what I'm saying? It's interesting because a lot of the Pakistanis that I've met in America tend to be Republicans. Fascinating, right? You would think it's the other way around. It's not because I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but whenever the Republicans are in power. We have great relationships with Pakistan. And whenever it's not, when Democrats are, it's not such a great relationship with Pakistan. Is that right? When I'm mm-hmm. That's right. Ronald Reagan was friendly with President uh, mm-hmm. General, how do you say, Zia? Zia al Haq. Zia al Haq, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, I'm so biased. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm such a pro America. And problem to me is when you have I a. Mean, listen, I'm totally pro America. Yeah, yeah, pro America. When you don't have constitution, bill of rights, and, and check and balances, and when yes. you have a country where you're predominantly run by the army, mm-hmm. I just think you have a problem because I don't think civilians really have a say in their government. That's correct. And all the money and resources usually spent on military first. Yes. Because I just think if, if more money and time were spent on the lower class with more education and social mm-hmm. service, I don't think you have these radical terrorist groups because they're, I think they're just desperate people and they're joining those groups. Especially if you yes. don't have opportunities, you know. Well, the, you know, that's where they go and prey on. They pr- go and prey on the poor, so the poor, right? Right. You know, who have really the, no options. Well, no option because the government doesn't really give a shit about them. Um, just like a little side note about you know where the money really goes to. Yes, it does go to the military, but a lot of the times when the governments do come in power, they're the ones milking all the cash. You know, I see. like Benazir's husband Zardari, President Zardari, who was you know uh, he you know he was in power. I mean, there he's notorious. He was known as Mr. Ten Percent. Now he's known as Mr. Fifty Percent. You know, because they've been milking the government and putting all the cash away in Switzerland banks. Yeah. You know, I mean, they own house and they own own homes in Surrey, England. That's one of the most expensive prime real estates in the world. How are you able to afford that? You know, you're you're stealing from the Pakistani people. And. I'm in an odd position because through my friend Jonathan Branstein, I meet a lot of um, well-connected and, and powerful people, and, and, and I met some of them in, even in London. And you do meet a lot of rich Arabs, rich Indians, rich Pakistani. Sure. And I don't ask too much question because you just wonder where the money comes from, you know. And yeah. I don't want to think. I don't want to say. I mean, a lot of them are independently wealthy here. Also, they've people. done sure, well, very sure. well for themselves. You know, I was just in San Francisco last. Uh, last month, and you, you know, you meet a lot of, you know, they meet a lot of money in Silicon Valley, you know. And very, very successful Pakistani That's engineering correct. and startup people, and they, they, they're a great addition for this country, creating products and services for the whole world, you right. know. Um, and I mean, the owner of. Uh, Jaguars, I believe it is, the football team, mm-hmm. is a Pakistani guy, Mr. Khan. Oh, that's right. That's right. Very well, very wealthy. I'm sorry, Mr. Khan, you need to do a better job running your team because it's the one of the, <laughs> if not the worst team right now. Poor Mr. My Khan. God, it's, 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 um, but I'm glad the diversity and ownership and yes. it's great. And, um, um yes. I hope. Well, look at what's happening with Miss America being Indian. I mean, I couldn't be even more proud. Like, well, was I'm there some kind of controversy recently about that? Yeah, there was a lot of hate, hatred tweets going on. They were calling her an Arab and a terrorist. They call her Miss America terrorist. I mean, it's just, that, okay, that's the thing about Americans that kind of bugs me or about the American culture is that there's still a great deal of ignorance and it needs to go away because, let's be real, we are a country that is 
pretty self-consumed. We like mm-hmm. to talk about ourselves, and that's cool. But it's also good to learn about other people because we are such a diverse nation. And I just can't believe they make a big stink of that because yeah. why, why can't you take it as for what it is? She's a super hot girl. Yes, she is. She's a beautiful girl. And so well-spoken. Have you heard her talk? So well-spoken. And there was another one that won Miss America or something from Dearborn. Remember? She was... She was I think Arab or this is like three, four years ago. Yeah, you talking about Rima Fakhri. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, I just think I don't. Well, she's not, but but even, she is an Arab. Yeah, but my audience is like, I don't even care if she's fucking Al Qaeda member. That's she's correct. hot. That's I mean, <laughs> like, I don't. I don't Being hot gives you a pass. A pass. Well, but can I tell you something? Al Qaeda mm-hmm. would never hire her because they only hire unattractive people. You don't see good-looking people in Al Qaeda and Taliban, have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just really. I wish, you know, personally, I don't even like this hyphenate shit that we do, like they're Asian-American, African-American. I, w- I hope someday we just completely get rid of it and just say American, that's sure. it, you know, sure. because even if I go back to places like Japan, I've been away so far, I'd rather see black, Latino, white Americans, I have more in common with them talking about sports or something. I, just because they look like me, we're completely different that's now. Correct. You know? so, that's correct. It's funny you said that because when I go to Pakistan, <coughs> I... I'm lost. I, I don't I don't belong there. You know, even though I was born and raised there, I, I'm just like I have nothing to talk to you about, really. And even though you're born there and you speak the language, they'll catch on right away. There's something about you so different. They notice you don't live there anymore. Sure. Yeah. And sure. this is this is a common thing. Um, sure. But sure. Go, but going back, so you think in Pakistan in a bad place right now? Um, Pakistan's in a very yeah. Pakistan's in a bad place. I think um, I think we need more comedy. I think we need more stand-up comics. I think we need people to be able to laugh at themselves. I think we need more people to um, drop this whole, you know, so caught up in Islam and so caught up about living by the religion, you know, while there are people in power who are using religion to do horrible, horrible things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that needs to go. But, that you know, that that's something that's around the Muslim world. That's not just in Pakistan. You know, that's... Um, Instead of using the religion to unite people and help each other, yes. they use it as a weapon and oh, terrorize people, right? Yeah. 100%. 100%. I mean, let's be real, okay? Religion was created to control the masses. I mean, organized religion was con- created to control the masses. And I, I think it's time now that the, that the critical thinking aspect needs to step in, where people need to start thinking on their own and not just buy whatever their leaders are saying to be like, hey, wait a minute, hang on a second. You know, yeah, I'm, you know all this money comes in from America. Where the hell did it go? You know, why aren't our roads better? Why, why, do, why is there load shedding going on? And for the viewers who don't know what load shedding is, it's, you know, when electricity is taken away from one part of the city so you can, you know, so the other part of the city can have electricity. Like, oh, wow. we, live in, we live in the 21st fucking century. Why is there no That's electricity? shocking to me. Country it's ridiculous. With, it's shocking to me with the country with nuclear power. That, that you exactly. Would, yeah. Right? So our priorities are a little fucked up that we can have a country where we can have nuclear power, but we can have more electricity. Like, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with this picture? Does, does this happen? So, like, young people travel to overseas, like, United States, they're educated, mm-hmm. advanced degrees, very successful. Mm-hmm. Do, do a lot of them go back and try to change Pakistan, or that's not really... Uh... I think people do try to go and be, make that attempt, but, you know, it boils down to who's in power, I how see. much money do you have, and some people just get sick and tired of the corruption and fighting and come back and give up. So, Mr. Khan, who was a famous cricket player, he, he was... What, what's your impression of him? Do you think he is... 
trying to change in a better way or you know oh do you think he's just another politician i i i have a good feeling about him mm-hmm. i think he genuinely does want to do good things but he's a politician mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean you can't you can you know the politicians say a lot of great things before they come into power and then they do whatever the hell they want you know and that applies globally that's not just in pakistan um so i don't know i i think his intentions are good he does sure. want to do good things but you know he also has to walk a fine line he has to walk the the line of you know what the people want and you know march toward freedom and march towards you know helping the youth out and then there's the taliban no no breathing down his neck there's a there's a fine line then you got the isi to deal with you got the military to deal with i mean there's like so many moving aspects so many moving parts but i think his heart is in a good place and he sure. does want to do something good and there's a little there's a little different between the taliban in afghanistan and taliban in pakistan are they same what's yeah. the what's the impression they all don't shower and not attractive no i think that <laughs> <laughs> I think they're I think they're all the same and they don't really wear shoes either I think. Wow. I think you know what I'm really looking forward to is a Taliban dance off. What? It's a dance off. Is this a joke? It is. It's totally a joke. Okay. <laughs> I I want the Taliban dance. I want a Taliban dance off, you know, and the winner gets a new pair of shoes and they get to shower. Wouldn't that be such a great thing? I actually I do have uh, yes, it is. <laughs> but Mona, I, I have to say Taliban have a very strict interpretation of Islam, and they're yeah. very, they're just hard ass motherfuckers. Yes, they're, they are. They're, yes, they are. But even then, they're against music. They're having fun, but yeah. but and I, they get to fuck little boys on the side. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that in okay. a minute, but um, they're very strict, and they're against all sorts of entertainment. But it's interesting because cricket is a national sport of Pakistan. Even Taliban don't touch that. Because the influence of Pakistan is strong. That's that's my understanding. Like they're usually against uh, all forms of entertainment, but even Taliban Afghanistan will not sh- talk shit about cricket because you know it's it's such a huge. Well, it brings little boys to the yard, so they're not going to oh be against God. that. All right, you've been you've been you've been, you've been yet. So um, so you have some theory. Like I, I asked you like an hour ago um, before we started this podcast. Like there, there's been recent. Uh, like these rapes and gangbangs in India, and like I'm, I, I guess my impression was that kind of stuff was always happening, but it's finally getting traction in That's media. Correct. But you're saying it's even worse in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you, 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 you know, you got you got female rape, and then you got man rape too. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty bad. You know, it's um, there's so much pedophilia that goes on. Nobody talks about. There's uh, nobody. I, I think is this something you cover on your website? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. I do. You know, there's, uh, yeah, there's, um, I did a blog. I have a blog on Muslims Do It Better. It's called Shit People Say. And um, I did a blog about how they have uh, little boys um, that are used for dancing and entertainment purposes. And they, you know, they, they dress them up. These mm. little boys, they're no more than 12, 13 years old, if that. And they put, um, you know, there's these things. They're, they have bells in them. You you put them on your feet and they, you know, they, the, the bells sound when you dance. Right. And there are men, you know, adult men surrounding this little boy who's dancing in the middle. And then I guess whoever's the highest bidder, he gets to take that boy home and rape him or do whatever he wants. But I do want to say why. And that's in Afghanistan too. That's a big. It's a big yeah. Thing. But why, why I don't, you know, I, I keep hearing this story when I was in Afghanistan. Like people literally sell their kids for money. Yes. Like I don't want to, isn't there anywhere in Quran that forbid that? Like I don't. It understand. absolutely is forbidden. But what? Why? 
I don't want. I shouldn't be laughing, but like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but why would they let them do that? I because don't it boils down to survival, right? I mean, if you if mm-hmm. you cannot eat and if you cannot feed your family, and if you have five, six, seven kids, you have five, six, seven kids. You have ten kids. You know, forget religion. You gotta feed. You gotta feed your family. You know, and people do whatever it takes to do that. I mean, it's it's it's, it's so, so it's kind of like there's Sophie's choice. The movie, remember that? Sure. So in in, in their version, it's like Singe. What's the name for Indian? Uh, Sang or Sing? Uh, for Indian one, I'm sorry. Indian, it's like a common Indian name. Uh, Sing, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like Singh's choice, right? Like, it's like Singh's choice. Yeah. yeah you you you're literally. Or in Pakistan, it would be like Khan's choice. Okay. <laughs> or Patel's choice, or whatever. Patel's yeah, yeah. Right. What? Oh, I mean, that. but you know, okay, let's be, okay, so but let's be clear about something, mm-hmm. okay? When you go to like a city like Karachi, which is where I come from, it's a very cosmopolitan city. You go to Lahore, you go to Islamabad, you know, these are much progressive, you know, cities. It's not, it's not like, you know, I was, you know, walking around dressed up like Taliban when I was in Pakistan. I, you know, I, I went Th- to a Those are like school. the LA, the New York City and Chicago, yeah, Pakistan. That's yeah. You know, but when you start going to the NWFP, you, when you start going to where Malala was, you know, that's really conservative. You know, that's where, you know, the whole thing about Malala, who was fucking amazing. Um, this young Pakistani girl, very smart, very sweet. Oh, my God. She's there was so an assassination amazing. attempt by a Taliban. She, yes. And she's Malala Yousafzai. And, you know, she spoke to UN. Uh, she spoke at the UN. And that was such an amazing, moving speech. And it had me in tears because I'm just looking at this. She's so girl. brave. She's so brave. She's so bright. Um, she's amazing. And her father, like, I don't know if you got a chance to, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary on her and her father um, before before she got shot. Um, but oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's an amazing documentary of where they, you know, where they lived. And uh, For those of you listening to this, if you don't have an idea, basically she was a proponent of girls getting education. Mm-hmm. She was a proponent of a better livelihood and future for women. Yes, and her uh, father owned an all-girls school. School, which is I mean, it's dangerous, I would imagine. Amazing, right? To to have that kind of guts, right? To run a school like that. And when they're, I think there was, they were driving to school, if I remember, there's like two or three other, there's a bunch of other girls, I believe, in the car. Taliban stopped them and trying to figure out which one was uh, Malala. Yeah, well, Malala was com- coming out of school mm-hmm. and she was with her girlfriend. And uh, the Taliban came, the two Taliban guys came on a motorcycle and they asked who was Malala. And you know, the girlfriend pointed Malala out and then they shot her. And they shot a girlfriend too, by the way. Yeah. That's not really talked about a lot, but they specifically came looking for Malala because Malala is the daughter of the, you know, school owner. And, and, and they were defying them. And this is so ironic to me because Taliban, Talib means like a student, right? That's correct. So, so, so weird. These yeah, but student uneducated. of Quran, not yes. student of, you know, world. But many of those student Quran cannot read. That's correct. And they have religious uh, teacher like uh, mullahs, right? That's They're, correct. And some of these guys have a agenda, so they all have agendas. Yeah, so they brainwash them, you know. And uh, when I was in Afghanistan, the, the common story was they will brainwash these young kids to mm-hmm. kill themselves, and they will always just tell them like the kind of um, bomb vest you wear, the explosion goes out, it doesn't go in, so you'll be safe. And of course, these kids, they don't know, they yep. trust them and kill themselves. And yep. my friend Oliver runs Skate Stand where they provide skateboarding to young kids in mm. Kabul. 
And the last September 2012, some kid went to their park, blew himself up, and killed, I don't know, half a dozen kids. It, it's a very stor sad story, you know, and there's so many good people, both non Afghan and, and Westerners trying to do wonderful thing and like right. I just don't understand the mentality of these guys. It's just such a bizarre, weird thing to her young girls. Like they're most they're not they're more afraid of young girl girls with education than Americans with drones. Yep. They really are afraid of women. Yep. And uh, I mean listen, you know, it and it um ultimately what is it about? Ultimately what mm -hmm. is it about? You know, you have to ask yourself and ultimately what it is about is power. Okay, it's not about religion. It's not. It's not about anything. It's about power. And and where and where does that come from? It come. You know, where 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 what are all these actions about? They're about fear. It's about fear of losing that power. Yeah. And they're gonna do whatever they can in their power, uh, in their you know position, to keep themselves in power. And the cycle continues. So when when, when was the last time you were in Pakistan? Uh, I was there back in two thousand six. Okay, so you've, you've been away seven years. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you think things are getting better for women slowly? you think it's getting worse? Is it the same? What do you think? I think, um, I think Malala, has, Malala has been a game changer. Because the whole world's watching Pakistan now. I mean, it's a game changer, you know, and there are a lot of amazing women in Pakistan who are Absolutely. stepping up to the plate, like taking chances with their lives and forming foundations and getting educated. Being, You're doing that here. I mean, I'm doing that here, yeah. right? But I mean, I don't, I would not put myself in the same category. Like to me, they're the mm -hmm. brave ones. You know, I'm, I'm still living in America and I'm, I'm still doing what I'm doing. And listen, I'm not, I got death threats. I've gotten that death threats, sure. you know, and that's fine. Like I gotta, let's I gotta, be honest. If you're not getting death threat, you're not doing something right. That's correct. Yeah. I, I actually got a death threat, which was so amazing. I've got like so many uh, awesome emails. I, I got a lot of love mail and got a hate mail too. And this one guy wrote to me, he said, you will die in three days. And I wrote back to him and I said, I think your visa is going to take longer than that. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, <laughs> and of course I never heard from him, but um, you know, I, I think these women, I think, I think it's it is moving in the right direction. I think it is, you know, but it's a slow process because it's like taking two steps forward and, you know, three steps back. But right. it's but you are you people are pushing, women are pushing for, to move forward and get educated, but I think Malala has been a huge game changer. And you know, I I my experience is only in um Afghanistan, but um our good friend Sam Hosseini, who is a media mogul in Afghanistan and Yeah. Um, you know, when he had... Uh, Saad is a game changer, too. Yes, he's changing because when he... I, I will always talk about this, his show, uh, Afghan Idol, which is, you know, very sim It's basically American Idol in Afghanistan. And the first year of doing it, I, I, I don't know what this girl did. She was singing. Maybe her scarf dropped off and saw her neck or something. It was so nothing over here. Sure. But there was a lot of threat against her. Now, seven, eight, nine, ten years later... After the fact, um, people's taste and the idea of what's right or wrong change. And like even in Afghanistan, like you see a little bit more risque stuff where women are presenting a positive lie. Yeah. Female reporters are being respected and threatened too. But sure. it's it's not easy, and it's, I'm sure it's very scary. But even in Afghanistan, things are, at least in media, I yeah. think women's image of Im women are slowly getting better. They have a long ways to go, but I'm sure even Sal will probably tell you that he couldn't imagine how much has changed in ten, ten years too. Sure. So sure. I'm sure it's slowly changing. And don't you know? Don't sh 
you got to give yourself a lot of credit because even if you're here, you do you providing a platform. There's people who have access to internet in Pakistan are looking reading your material. You know, it gives yeah. them hope. And if they have questions, and you were telling me, uh, one of the bloggers that you want her to work for you. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? Like, like you asked her to work for your website, she couldn't do it. But yeah. four or five months later, what happened? She contacted you again, right? Yeah, she just contacted me actually last week. It was um, I don't I don't want to reveal her name, but you yeah, know, yeah, because it's confidentiality. But she got in. She randomly texted me, uh, so not texted me like uh, G talked me on my on my phone and popped up and she said, "Can I ask you a question?" Mm-hmm. And I don't know, is this is it too crass to talk about this or no, 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 fine, about, you can oh, talk okay. about it. Um, so she texted. She said she couldn't do it because she was afraid. She oh, was very that, afraid. Like she to didn't, do the blog. That's correct. Okay. She said because you know she, her her father is a total douchebag and you know they're like seven sisters and her father is constantly impregnating her mother because he wants to have a son, son. because you know being, having a son is a pride thing and and she's um, a young person like twenty five. She's a young person. Yeah, yeah. She's like twenty five. Okay. And uh, she randomly messaged me and asked me and she was like, "Can I ask you something?" And I said. Uh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, sure, sure, you can ask me. And she said, is it, um, is it, is it um, allowed in Islam and is it legal uh, for a man to force himself on you? And I thought that was a very bizarre question. In, in just a way, it's, ask. A, it's a sad that she had to ask you that question. That's correct. It's yeah. a very, very sad thing. I, I, I cannot tell you that. Um, and then the conversation was, so I, said, I said, it absolutely is. It is illegal and, and it is also, you know, it's not a lot in Islam also. Like, you know, the woman has to be permitted. Um, I think just a little background is that um, the reason uh, when Islam was formed, and a lot of people don't know that, I think, you know, because everybody associates Islam with bombings and Taliban and Al-Qaeda and all this bullshit and September 11th. But the reason why Islam, when Islam came in power, what happened was a lot of women were, you know, women did not have equal rights. Women did not have good rights. Uh, sure. You know, they were being, you know, they were either have to prostitute themselves to, you know, pay for themselves and to feed themselves. And when Islam came along, the whole concept about that was Prophet Muhammad wanted women to have the respect. They wanted women to be taken care of. You know, it was about having women having rights. I mean, the first woman that Prophet Muhammad married was Khatija. And Khatija was a tradeswoman. She was a businesswoman. Businesswoman, that's right. She was a businesswoman. You know, if and she he, was older than him too. She right? was absolutely yeah. older than him. You know, she was a cougar. Wow. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that way. <laughs> she was a cougar. Come yeah. on. She was, you know, she was a cougar of her time. I'm sure some people might get offended by that, but it's true. Um if he indeed did not want women to be in power, if he did indeed wanted women to be suppressed, he would not have been married to that woman. You know, and all the other wives that he had after that the whole idea was that women didn't have to hoard themselves sure they didn't have to the children did not have to be orphans it was men who were responsible for taking care of these women it was out of respect and love for them it was it was not to suppress them right. which is what's being manipulated and used as now you know what i'm saying yeah um just a little side note on that so what was i what was i talking about i was i lost my train of thought oh, oh um, um about your friend, the 25-year-old. About the 25-year-old. So I said, no, absolutely not. It is absolutely illegal, and it is against Quran because you know, the key woman word has to is, be permitted. This is a true anywhere in the world. Yeah. Whenever somebody uses the word forced, you're, you're going to wrong. 100%. Road. Yeah. 100%. You know? mm-hmm. And I said, why? I said, is there somebody you know who's going through this, or are you okay? 
And she said, well, uh, my father just married me off to this guy for 22,000 rupees, which is next to nothing, actually. And I've moved to a separate city, and my husband locks me in the house, and he um, forces me to have anal sex with me. And I have severe pains, and I'm, I have horrible back pains, and I'm in pain all the time, and he doesn't give a shit, and he does what he wants to do, right. and he doesn't let me meet the neighborhood women, he doesn't introduce me to anything, and he locks me at home because he's so... Uh, he thinks that I'm going to run away. And I was like, well, do you? And she was like, absolutely, I want to run away. I d mean, This is not any different than the psychopath from Cleveland keeping those three no, women. Yeah, it's same no, it's different. It's no different. Yeah. And, you know, this is, there's a young 25-year-old girl and her younger sisters, who are another six sisters of her, hopefully they wouldn't have to deal with, you know, go through the same bullshit. Right. But this uh, little girl is suffering. And, you know, and I, I felt so helpless sitting here and I... I was just so disturbed by it, so I was the, the only thing I could do was I was providing her with uh, names of foundations and their phone numbers, and then I was asking her like if I can get her information, and sure. get them in touch, and you know, and she's terrified. She's I'm like, can you tell your mom? She's like, no, I, I can't tell my mom. Like, what is she gonna do? That's gonna make my mom, you know, worry, and I don't know. She can't really do anything. Well, you can't talk to your dad because your dad's a douchebag. Okay, what about your aunts? No, can't really tell aunts because then the rumor is gonna go around and yeah. it's gonna be quote-unquote, shameful for me. Now, how could something be shameful for her when her husband is the one who's doing the horrible horrible? The guy's act? a rapist. Right. That, that's all He's you have to... He's a total rapist. You know, if anything, he should be put in freaking jail, you know, but the girl has to bear the brunt of it, yeah. you know? So this kind of bullshit that still continues burns my ass. And um, so I, you know, I gave her information and, you know, I keep in touch with her and I asked her and, and you know, and she said something to me that was so touching and it just like melted my heart she was just like you know she's like i've been married to this guy for about four months now and i cry myself to sleep every night mm -hmm. and she was like tonight will be the first night that i won't cry myself to sleep because i spoke to you and you yeah. made me brave she's like you made me you give me hope and you give me make me brave and i was just like i i i didn't do anything like i just i just talked to you like I didn't do anything. But you know, when people are in that desperate situation and not knowing about sexual practice and rights, it must be scary to, for, for them to have some, even someone to communicate. That's yeah. got to be uh, comfort, you know? Yes. And I think, I mean, we, even we, if I'm sitting in America and she's sitting in Pakistan, sure. we can still have this communication. And, you know, she was asking me, she was asking me sexual questions because she didn't know what condoms were. Right. She didn't know what contraceptives were. She didn't, she didn't know what a blowjob was. She didn't, she didn't know about these things. She doesn't yeah. know. Like, she, girls are just kind of blindly sent as sheep into these horrific situations. And then they have to just sit there and figure shit out. And, you know, I, it, it's, it's just so terrible and so heartbreaking. And let's be completely brutally honest, she's not the only one in that situation. Oh, my God, no. There's thousands and yeah. thousands of girls who are in those horrible, horrible situations. And, um, you know, and uh, I mean, I, my attempt is, you know, to, to do something good, to be able to be in a position where I can offer some level of help sure. or some level of relief. And, you know, and it's not just for the girls. It's for guys, too. There are, there are men who suffer also. You know, there are guys who, are, you know, they can't get jobs. I have... I have cousins, they can't get jobs. They're super educated. My cousin is a fucking doctor, okay? He struggles getting a job because he's not corrupt. His father doesn't have millions of rupees, you know, to, to pump in government or to, you know, to get himself jobs. I mean, even, you know, good people are suffering. It's, it's, it's sad when you see talented people being un, underutilized in yeah. places like that, and it's not good for the country. And when, even if you work hard, 
you always realize corruption, bribery will prevent you, and nepotism and things like that. Absolutely. And, um, and you know, lack of checks and balances has been really the demise of most of Muslim nations. Mm -hmm. You know, we Muslim, most Muslim nations are used to having dictatorships. And we really have to step out of that mentality. We really have to start thinking individually and start thinking independently and be like, listen, we don't, we don't need dictatorships. We don't need military. Military is only here to serve us, not to rule us. There's, there's a difference. And I think that has started happening. You know, you see in Egypt and even what's happening in Arab Syria Spring, now. Sure. I mean, Arab Spring, you know, what's happening in Syria right now, which is just so freaking heartbreaking. So... I remember in high school in mid eighties. I remember um, all the smart kids were going to debate class and stuff like that, and yeah. I have no idea what they were talking about. I walk in, they're always talking about is Israel versus Palestinian issues and stuff like that. I'm, yeah, I'm always, I didn't know what was going on, mm -hmm. um, and, and it seems like when I start reading about it, it just seems so helpless. Yeah, but if you give me enough time, I mean, yeah, there's there's a young kid upstairs. That's why they're running around, that's but. Right. Um, but even this country, if somebody told me when I was 18 we we're going to have a half black person, half white president, I, I couldn't even imagine changing. That's but if you give enough time, things can change over time. Absolutely. And I, I think, um, you know, in that circumstance, like in Egypt, we, the neoconservatives in this country are afraid that uh, Islam, um, Islamic Brotherhood of uh, Egypt will take over. But Quite often what happened was it's better to have those people become part of the system. Mm -hmm. If they do that, they, they realize if they want to stay in power, they have to change. And if they don't change, they're going to get out of the power, That's which correct. happened the case. That's correct. And I think even in Afghanistan, in India, and Pakistan, whatever the problems, it can change yeah. uh, if you give enough time. And you know how in this country, conservatives, people were attacked, you know, people in the entertainment business? Yeah. I don't give a shit why these superstars do what they do. Whether Angelina Jolie doing stuff for Darfur or you know uh, Matt Damon working on water clean quality issues, I don't care why they're doing it as long as they're doing it. Yes, for changes is better. Hundred percent. So, I would imagine if there is some big enough star like uh, what's that guy from India? Something Bachchan. Uh, Amitabh Bachchan. He's he's like the Clint Eastwood, the Robert uh, Redford of the. I mean, that's he's correct. A older gentleman. He's but the biggest, yeah. But he command presence and like, you know, somebody of like his level or I'm sure there's some big enough star where he's saying you need to try to treat your wife better. I bet you people like that. It might sound superficial. No, I mean, listen, Shadow Khan. they have an influence. Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. Like Shadow Khan is, you know, the, the interesting thing about Bollywood is that uh, the biggest stars are Muslim. Yes. Okay. In India. Yes, in India, in a, in a Hindu country. The biggest stars are Muslim. Yes. Like Shadow Khan is a huge, he's the biggest Bollywood star. He's your Johnny Depp and Tom Cruise put together. Good looking guy, great he's actor. Good he's a good, he could sing guy. and dance. Yes, mm -hmm. he can sing and dance. And, and he's a liberal Muslim, okay, who married a Hindu girl. And even if you're a non-Muslim Indian person who, who don't like Muslims, yes. you most likely they like Bollywood. And Absolutely. they're going to overlook that they're gonna look up to him and like a superstar you that's know? correct i'm just hoping enough people um in pakistan start saying that because if you're a big enough star mm -hmm. i'm sure you have, your, your reach is pretty pretty good yeah you know? yeah and i that, mean mm -hmm. the interesting thing is like uh in india and pakistan the the two people that um the two people the, the it's always the artists you know it's always the artists in pakistan who are like i would love to go to India and I would love to go and perform and it's the artists in India who are just like 
oh my god i would love to go to pakistan and i'd love to meet you know explore that and it's it's this um it's this uh, this kind of longing on both sides sure. you know there's a longing on both sides because if the government and the corruption kind of gets out of the way people just want to have a good time sure. and just want to get to know each other most of my friends here are indians okay i have maybe one or two pakistani friends all of them are indian and the way we speak of each other's countries is nothing but love you yes. know i'm always saying to my indian friends god i would love to go to india i would love to go to where and see where my my grandmother was born i'd love to go and see where my dad was born because my dad was born in india you know my roots like that's where when did this separate 1947 1947 okay yeah and like and i have indian friends who are like god i would love to go to karachi and i'd love to go to lahore like i'd love to go to islamabad and there's this longing on both sides and it's um it's sad you know it's sad but it's i i think ultimately it's the artists who um help break these mentalities you know they're the ones who help break these taboos they're the ones who um change people and bring the social change especially in lower income and uh, illiterate people only only medium they could really appreciate is radio and watching tv yeah so um i mean i think when you look at bollywood scene there's a lot of dancing and stuff like that yeah. and it's pretty middle of the road or conservative even, even to Americans. It's nothing really risky about it. But boy, well, are, they, but are they risky in Afghanistan, you know? They're, they're dancing around. And I watched a couple of things. There's two, I can't remember their name, but they're extremely attractive uh, Bollywood star. And they're singing and dancing, kind of risky outfit for them. Yeah, no, Bollywood has gotten very risky. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm they sure... They won't do any sex scenes, but No, 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 risque, but, yeah. you know, I, 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 I've been told, like, some women, like, men who could dance well because they just think if they if they have that kind of body movement yeah they're probably good in bed or something like sure. that. sure so that is as, as risky as they could go but yeah i'm big i don't know a lot about bollywood i'm a big supporter of it because i think it, it does break the prejudice you know i'm yeah. sure there's been plenty of story of muslim girl falling in love with uh Hindi. Hindu, Hindu boys. But oh yeah. my god there's a movie in india should shah khan in it it's called veer uh veer zara and it's exactly about that. It's about a Hindu boy in India falling in love with a Pakistani girl. Their version of Romeo and Juliet almost. Yeah, yeah, you know, because we love our virgins. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So what, what, what happened to that 25-year-old girl? You think, I know you're going to keep talking to her and try to help her, but no. in that situation, what, what is the solution long run? Do you think she's going to end up staying with him? Or? I, don't think, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know she has a... Choice them. She don't really has a, doesn't really have an option. This is what I did advise her. I told her, I said, listen, um, the reason he locks you in the house is because he doesn't trust you. So the number one thing you have to do is gain his trust. So he can, he can at least let you talk to the neighbors, at least get to know the place, at least you know he can start giving you some money so you have certain level of independence. I mean, you have to gain his trust, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, do whatever sexually you need to do to gain that trust, you know. And I know it sounds horrible, it sounds manipulative, but... What other option does this poor girl sure. have? What does she have? You know, and uh, you know she listened to me, and it's so I, I'm going to because she can't initiate her. a divorce, right? It's just impossible. I mean, listen, if she's if she's going to divorce, where's she going to go? She's not going to. Her father's not going to take her back. Where's she going to go? She's going to go to some. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she's not going to do that. She's too scared and she's too young and she doesn't doesn't really know. She doesn't really know what's options she has you know yeah. and unfortunately she kind of has to go through this horrible process of um 
A, finding herself and getting over her fear. You know, if she's going to even go out and reach out to these options. I mean, there, there are a lot of great NGOs who help women like that. Sure. You know, who are girls who are in that position. Um, but they have limits, isn't it? Because ultimately the girl have to make a decision to do that. And it's scary. I can't imagine how scary it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, people get stoned to death, murdered, and God knows what. Listen, so. men, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, if you're if you're a man in Pakistan, I mean, you're born with a lottery. I mean, you're born with a lottery ticket, pretty much. You 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 can get away. You get away with, with murder. murder. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can tomorrow turn around and you know kill her and be like, she was trying to get away. Oh, she was having an affair with a man. They will make up bullshit reasons, right? They'll make yeah. up bullshit reasons. You know, thank God. There was a law in Pakistan, actually, before President Musharraf came, who I actually was a, been a pretty big fan of. Um, and thank God he came and, you know, got rid of this stupid law. There was a law in Pakistan that if you were, as a woman, were raped, in order to prove your rape, you had to bring um, four men to, to uh, you know, to, uh, to the, you know, that witnessed the rape. Now, logically, that makes no fucking sense. If four men witnessed you getting raped, wouldn't they have stepped in and stopped that rape? That makes no sense. And if there are four men there and rape still happened, they're... <laughs> they're part of the crime. They're part of the problem, yes. You know, so thank God they got rid of that stupid law. My, my friend Kimberly Motley, who I want you to meet, a, a great friend of mine, somebody I admire She's amazing. A lot. I read up on her. What a brave, brave woman. Human rights attorney from Milwaukee. Uh, her mother was North Korean. Her father's African-American. She had an opportunity to go to 2008. We'll be done in a few minutes. And then um, um, she basically represented this Afghani girl. She was raped by her uncle when she was 17, went to the police. They arrest him. But in addition to that, they arrest her because committing adultery. Never mind, she she was raped. Yeah. But Kimberly represented her, and eventually the best deal that she could get was um, basically marrying him wow. because wow. she realized she had a child. Even if she's uh, released from jail, mm -hmm. it's not like she's educated. You know, she, she, she thought about it, and the only option she really had was get out of jail, marrying him, that way she could try to give the best life for her daughter. But yeah, it just, I don't think I'll ever get used to it hearing story like this because yeah. there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of stories like this. Yeah. Uh, of course, it's easy to say, I don't want to get involved or whatever, but uh, I really want, only thing I could really do is like talk about this kind of stuff on the show. And I do meet people like yourself and introduce to my other friends who are trying to. Which is very kind and generous of you. Uh, well, I mean, only thing I really could do is talk about it and like introduce you to my friends and I think you guys could help each other and bring yeah. make the whole world aware of it because I think when you hear a story like your this twenty five year old girl and Malala, like yeah. if you're no decent person could just say like it's not my fucking business, That's you know, correct. because uh, it's it's not like that anymore. Isolationism does not help anyone and I think um, some terrible thing goes in Pakistan. It's not. It's not going to be good for the whole planet. It's going to affect us some one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, Mona, um, uh, I want to talk more about this later because we're. We, you know, I know you got. You got to go do take care of your um, shows and things like that. But next time, I, I would like to talk to you more about other things. Maybe talk more about good. We should talk more about good things in Pakistan, yeah, too. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I would love to do that. And, um, Pakistani food is awesome. We're going to talk about that next time. And the people are wonderful. And, yes, um, yes, they are. Um, so once again, could you tell them uh, your Twitter account? So yeah, you? sure. 
Uh, so the name of the website is MuslimsDoItBetter.com. We're also on Facebook, so I would love for you guys to go and uh, like us on f- our Facebook page. And on Twitter, we are MuslimsDoItBet uh, because, uh, because Twitter can't afford to give us ER mm-hmm. at the end. So it's uh, MuslimsDoItBett. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, we have our daily postings of uh, a funny picture we put out every day. It's called Taliban Pick of the Day. And, uh, every day? Every day. I put out a new picture. It's called Taliban pick of the day. Oh, it's wow. A I didn't know picture. that. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know. If they have a question or say something positive, they, yeah. there's a place to put comments. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, absolutely. You can, you know, make comments on our website. If you have, you know, it gets submitted or we have our contact form page on uh, on our website. You can submit to. You can message us on Facebook. Uh, you can tweet us. You can private message us on Twitter. So there's many ways to. You can send us a pigeon with a little note sticking in his feet, sure. you know, whatever, whatever works for you. And I, th- I think you're a perfect uh, unofficial ambassador for, for things like that because there's a guy down in Orange County who writes a thing called Ask a Mexican, yeah. or o- OC Weekly. Yeah. And, and, and uh, they were asked, like people who are not Mexican or Latinos will have questions, and he has a very funny, interesting, educated way of explaining and, and, and uh, help people understand Latino culture. Yeah. I hope people ask you a lot of questions because I know you could do that. If you have a question about Islam, question about Pakistan, India, you know, um, I know you're busy, but whenever you can, I think, I think people, I, have, I still have a lot of questions and I hope people have a chance to ask you. And, uh, have, uh, I, w- I would love to answer to the best of my ability. I'm not, sure. I, I'm, I'm, I don't make any promises about like knowing it all, but I do have. But you have a sense of humor, so you you have a funny way of explaining to people. Yes. 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 I try to be funny and um, you know playful about the whole thing. So. All right. Well, Mona, thanks for doing this. I know it was such a last minute, but I've been meaning to ask you to do it. Thanks, and I I really uh, next time I I have more questions for you, and uh, I'll I'll tweet and ask people if they have questions for you. But thanks. I I knew every time there's a historical stuff, you knew exactly the day, exactly the way I thought you were going to uh, have answers for me. So (laughs) thanks for doing the show. Hopefully. uh, we, we'll have you back in the show so sure. thanks Mona and uh, thanks for listening to this episode and uh, email me if you have questions yep, thank, thank you, you for having me this is great thanks guys